From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Everybody, welcome in. It is the Friday edition of the Drive. Hope everybody doing well. It's been just an overcast, sort of cool Friday, but no rain, and as a result, uh, baseball has been going on. and And uh, man, Auburn, Auburn got just what they needed from their starter in the opening game after a rainout last night. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, Auburn, adding. Uh, a a uh, significant um, wing in basketball. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, wide open here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Bill, Dan, Drew at the controls, the regular crew here on this Friday. I think, and, and we'll we'll mention the, uh, we'll, we'll take care of the usual business as well, but I think a pretty significant story happening uh, in, in the last couple of hours, a sad one, unfortunately, uh, but Jim Brown passing away. Oh, we, I did not see that. Yeah, I, I, so in, the, in, the, in the last hour or so, oh, news, news breaking that Jim Brown at the age of 87, uh, passing away, uh, widely regarded. One of the all-time great for people who are too young to have seen Jim Brown as an athlete bill like it's i mean and and a, and a an important he so- was so much yeah. better than anyone else that he was playing with and he was a running back and i know now running backs are are not that critical they were back in the day and Jim Brown came out of Syracuse and led the league in rushing every year but one in his career and then retired young a, a three-time NFL MVP a a guy who was yeah a, a just a, a towering figure, uh, a very important socially as well. Absolutely, uh, with, with his involvement in the civil rights movement. So yeah, a, a um, s- sad news today. At the age of eighty seven, Jim Brown passing away, and uh, we were talking earlier in the week, Bill. I think it was with Ferguson actually about athletes who made made the switch from one sport to another or tried to play two sports at the same time, and. I know Jim Brown was renowned for uh, lacrosse. He was a, he was a, a world class lacrosse player. He was, yeah, he was the yeah. you know he was the, the the greatest lacrosse player people had ever seen, and and was you know his his uh, endeavors in football were more prominent. But that's uh, uh, yeah, just a guy who was a and and a, a little you know before my time as well as far as you know when when he had his his exploits as a as a star. But I've seen. I've seen and heard my fair share of Jim Brown to know uh, how how significant his passing is. And so, yeah, as we're talking about the big news of the day and stuff going on at Auburn Sports, I, I know for, for a lot of people the big, the biggest news uh, going on right now is uh, is, is the story that, that, that Jim Brown has passed away. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about quite a few things here. Uh, again, we'll uh, be updating you on, on Auburn baseball. Uh, though, so far, so good. We'll talk about that and more. Yeah, let's go ahead and take care of the business. Hour number one of the drive is uh, brought to you by... Our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline. It's one of the ways you can get through to us by calling 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box. Presented by Southeastern Industrial Contracts. I want to mention, 
Drive text box open 24-7. Anytime you want to fire in something to the drive text box. we got a lot of podcasts. Who's checking listeners. it 24-7? You, I don't know. Do we have it, we have it manned 24-7? No, 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 no. You oh, can, but you can text anytime. Yeah, you can send a text oh, to the, oh, okay, the drive yeah, text okay, box right. open 24-7. We, we could then read them or, or check oh, them on the Okay, on sure, the sure. You don't just have to text us during the show. Exactly. That's what so, you mean. So podcast I listeners. thought you meant that Drew was checking it. 24 hours a day. Well, no. I mean, he might get a notification every time that one shows up. But, no, for folks, we got, we got podcast listeners. We got folks who aren't listening to the sure. show live. You ever want to chime in? 334-564-1840, the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. So, uh, yeah, come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive uh, again. I haven't checked the weather lately, but I, I think we're in pretty good shape to be able to get the doubleheader in today. Overcast and cool, as a matter of fact. Uh, has it ever has it hit 75 today? It's It's been right in that ballpark, uh, pun intended, uh, for, the, for, for most I mean, of the it day. I mean, like, it was like upper 60s at... One o'clock. What a day! Today. Right? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was marveling at, at some of this weather a little bit earlier. And now we've got uh, the possibility. I mean, it might there might be less cloud coverage into the night. So it doesn't seem like what's rain. what's the latest for tomorrow? Because this morning I was hearing, well, uh, everything looks good until mid afternoon on Saturday. I'm 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 hoping that gets pushed back since there's supposed to be baseball at two o'clock check, tomorrow. Check in with the guys at the lab and and the uh the latest we've got from the supercomputer is it's you know it, it it's gonna rain tomorrow and uh, the the most worrisome time is that four thirty to six thirty window where it feels like you'd have the possibility not just of rain but also of the kind of lightning that could stop or or delay the start of the game. When is the set? When is the Saturday game scheduled? Two o'clock. So if you get a game that moves like today's game, you got a you got a chance. Is there or maybe a, maybe move the game up to? I one. was about to ask. Is what what would be the logistics of I, it's senior, I don't, it's senior I, day? Yeah, and I, and I don't know about the coverage. I mean, is it just uh, an SEC plus? Ooh, okay. Um, I'd have to look back at my at my emails on this and see if that game is scheduled right. for. If it's for scheduled for, if it's scheduled for TV, then uh, it might be more difficult. If it's not, if there's any way they could get that game moved up an hour, I think you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Route. It would guarantee uh, that they can avoid the worst of it, but. It does seem like Saturday afternoon would be would be a little bit worrisome, but they, I think things look good to play a doubleheader. I mean, they want to get this one finished. Things look good for this game as Auburn is up for nothing. Yeah, Chase also with the best game of his Auburn career, the best outing of his Auburn career: seven innings, three hits, seven strikeouts, two walks. That's it. No runs. Seven innings shutout ball is well. Obviously, if Auburn's up four nothing, uh, going to the it's it's top nine right now. Auburn leading at four nothing. Tanner Bauman trying to close things out as uh, there is there's nobody out in a runner at first base in the top of the ninth. Yeah, we were discussing before the show, and I'm I'm going to look to see the answer on this one. If Auburn wins today's game, 
six straight conference victories for this Auburn baseball team dating back to game two of the LSU series. And that would be, uh, I mean, I know there's, there's, a, there's a line in, in the notes this week about uh, this is Auburn's first five-game win streak in conference play in four or five seasons. And so I, I was wondering when the last time, if Auburn can, can pull off the victory in game one today, and they're in good position at the moment, mm-hmm. and how long it's been since Auburn rattled off six straight SEC wins. And then you get into the possibility of seven or eight if you can continue the momentum into this weekend against Missouri. Now, I haven't heard any update today, but the last thing I had heard was that um, uh, that Auburn may be without Tommy Vale until tomorrow. Um, the there was you know that apparently he's had some of the um, stomach virus that's been going around. So I think the idea was save him for tomorrow. Man, what what a great way to start this doubleheader. Regardless, so we'll keep you updated on the game as Auburn hopefully gets it closed out here uh, very shortly. Uh, they're now two down. As a double play wipes the runner off base, Auburn an out away from uh, from wrapping up game one of the doubleheader. And as Dan said, that would be six straight wins. And, man, uh, great. There would just be, I mean, Tanner Bauman's the only guy in the bullpen who has pitched. The, the notes also mention Auburn is the uh, – Auburn, Auburn has won four straight series, right, going into this one, the Mississippi State, and then – Mississippi State, South Carolina, LSU, and the Ole Miss sweep. So they've won four straight series. They're the only team in the conference that has won the last four series they've played in the SEC. Longest active win streak of series victories of any team in the SEC. And if Auburn can win game one, they're in excellent position to pull off series victory number five in a row. What a way to close the regular season, Bill, to win in this league with the RPIs and with the uh, with the number of teams in the SEC that are expected to host and could even be hosting super regional play. What a finish for this team potentially to win five straight series down the stretch in SEC play leading up to the SEC tournament. And we'll see what happens in the SEC tournament. But five straight series in a row, Bill, if they can pull that off and they're in great position uh, leading towards the end of game one here against the Missouri Tigers. If, if Auburn can... Uh, it's over. It's Auburn's, Auburn's. Auburn has wrapped it up 4 nothing. a combined uh, three-hit shutout. Uh, Chase Alsup, seven innings, as I said, three hits and two walks. Tanner Bauman, two innings, no hits, no walks. He did hit the leadoff batter there in the ninth and then get uh, they, they wipe him off the bases. And, and so Auburn wins it four to nothing. Let's see. Um, You've seen a, I, I know that Bryson Ware homered. Ike Irish also homering for the Tigers. You've seen a thing Ware or two. number 20. You've seen a thing or two before, Bill, about, about college baseball. If... So, so the streaks right now. Auburn is at six in a row in conference play, six games in a row. And Auburn, if they can win one of these next two, mm-hmm. that would be five series in a row dating back to Mississippi State. How impressive is it to finish in this league? Fin- finish well, and two of them have like been that. over top five teams. Right. So, uh, so it's very, very impressive. Auburn making a statement as they head into the SEC tournament. And we talked about it that uh, it still may be difficult to host, but it's going to be difficult to overlook Auburn if they 
win this series and you know have a have a decent SEC tournament. The way Auburn is closing the regular season, if Auburn isn't a host, if they're not one of the top sixteen when the bracket is unveiled, whichever team gets Auburn as the two in their regional isn't going to be doing a ton of celebrating with the way Auburn. No, finished, you're right? not I mean, kidding. You think about if you're if you're Coastal or if you're Dallas Baptist or if you're Clemson, or if you're Miami, or Stanford, whoever it could be in that mix, Wake Forest even, if they're the number one team in the country. Like, I don't know if anyone's going to be thrilled to see... Uh, now, now, look, if Auburn... And I guess the flip side of that would be, if Auburn is a host site, if Auburn's one of the top 16, maybe Auburn won't be as imposing as some of the other top seeds nationally because you're talking about the top teams in the country. You know, it's, it's not as though Auburn will, but but as a as a as a two seed finishing the season the way they're finishing it, I don't think anybody will be excited to have Auburn in their regional uh with with the way this team, especially What's what's your stance on Joseph Gonzalez? It it feels it feels unlikely, right? I mean, oh no, no, I, mean, I, I I don't think, I don't I, they kept, I don't think he's back. Haven't they haven't they kept yeah. like the the window open? Well, of him, of I mean, contributing in the postseason. Butch, Butch has said he doesn't think he's going to be back. Yeah, I mean, just I mean that that. But even without him, I mean that that's still a well, team. Chase also is a guy that has great stuff. Did you hear? I mean, he was throwing ninety-seven in the seventh inning. Oh, by the yeah. Did, did you hear? Speaking of which, interesting uh, combination. In oh, John Cohen is. Uh uh, he, he's very entertaining. Uh, Andy on, Bur- on, the, yeah. on the radio, Andy Bertram. I'll, I'll offer. Yeah, he made too. one comment that I thought Andy was going to jump jump him because uh, he said that this this baseball radio baseball on radio is easy stuff. We're seven innings in, and it's an hour and forty minutes in. A- Andy and John Cohen were delightful as the radio team. I got to hear uh, some of the broadcasts today too. I thought they were just great. Uh, John uh, made a point that I thought was pretty cool about uh, getting the. It's a priority of, and I don't know if he's he's mentioned this publicly before, but one of his missions is to get the tarp off of the field. At did you hear when he said this, Bill? He wants uh, he wants the tarp off the field at Plainsman Park when it's not. Yeah, like he, yeah, he, I heard wants, that. he wants to have some way to, uh, to to make it. And and they were talking about different methods that ballparks use to have the tarp available, but not uh, as part of the even the even the the, the foul or field of play. And uh, yeah, no, he, he. I thought he was just. Yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was really, really good. They seem like Andy and John feel like they're they're fast friends. Even though John Cohen uh, got here uh, pretty uh, pretty recently, but they were. Uh, and and you don't you don't hear the AD just throwing on a headset very often and doing the color for a college baseball game. So I thought it was well. Most of them aren't recent. You know, very successful baseball coaches. He, you know, he loves all the sports, but I mean, he's a baseball guy. And if John Cohen had decided at any point during the Mississippi State time, or even now, right, that he'd rather be doing baseball color commentary, his resume reflects somebody who would be qualified to be doing that too. So it's, uh, yeah, he was he was great, and I hope it wasn't. I hope it wasn't just a one time thing. I, I hope that he uh, he fi- he finds his way into the uh, into the booth every now and then. And and becomes a like you said, it becomes a, a, a constant foil for in, for Andy Burcham on these broadcasts because I thought they were I thought they were great together. We'll get to our first break here on the uh, Friday drive. Love for you to join in, um, uh, unless something's changed. Auburn's plan. Auburn's got a long time now because they were going to play a two 
and a six. So, so the plan, they weren't they weren't going to turn around and start the next game forty minutes later. At least that's the last thing I heard. Andy on on the broadcast said one hour after this game concludes. Okay, so I all think right. So I, they're gonna they are gonna move it up a little bit. So that means it was just an SEC plus for tonight as well. That's a good idea since it it might rain later on this evening. So we're probably I would say five fifteen first pitch would yeah, be what that they're shooting right. for some, something in that uh. In, in that in in the uh, along those lines, so we could have and we'll, and we'll have more details about that uh, during the show. All right, we'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, the uh, Auburn basketball late last night, uh, adding a player we were we were just talking about yesterday because he had visited earlier this week. And uh, um, Chad Baker-Mazzara, is that right? That's right. Yeah, it didn't sound right when I said his name. Um has, Did you uh, try to go Mazzara Baker? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I just wasn't sure. Chad? Was that Ch- right? yeah, Chad Baker Mazzara. Okay, yeah. Chad just didn't C- sound right. The, the CBM, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew the initials were right. I didn't have anything in front of me. But uh, the six seven lefty. So Auburn, uh, you know, Auburn looking to replace Alan Flanagan, six six lefty, gets a six seven lefty, who has uh, really been a good shooter through his career. And his coaches say he is... A tenacious defender. Now he's not known as much of a as as uh, much of a rebounder as Alan Flanagan, but I mean his numbers very impressive everywhere he's been. He started his career at Duquesne, transferred to San Diego State, and uh, um, according to a couple of reports, has has admitted, yep, he didn't focus on academics. Got in got into cool. academic. Trouble there at San Diego State, transferred to Northwest Florida State, where he has graduated. I believe, and not to make light of it, because I'm happy that Chad Baker Mazzara has, has lined things up and, and he's coming to hey, Auburn. A lot of folks got yeah, into academic yeah. problems not, in, not to make light in of it, college but, didn't focus as much as they should you threw, have. You threw an allegedly in there. As, as I recall, I believe the coach of San Diego State was unusually blunt yes. about... Chad well, Baker Chad, a, Chad has now said yes because there were that he and he had some academic problems. Well, and the reason the reason for that was because there was a lot of interest around the San Diego State program. Where's Chad Baker Mazzaro? Why are well, he was the sixth player of the year in the conference. He, he, he shot the number. Yeah, he had he had a couple of seasons where the three point number is outstanding. Hey, he's only had one season where he was under forty, and he was thirty nine percent that year. Yeah, I mean, he aver- averaged only six points in thirteen minutes in his uh, season at uh, San Diego State, but was highly effective off the bench, uh, reliable all season long, and uh, had a what thirty? Yeah, had a near, nearly forty percent uh, from three season uh, in the uh, in, in in his in his year where that that's his final year with the Aztecs. Yeah, he shot forty one percent as a freshman at Duquesne, and then forty six percent. At Northwest Florida, I believe had a had a solid NCAA tournament game as well. Seventeen yep. points, team high seventeen in the uh, in the game against Creighton in the NCAA tournament. That would have been his final game in an Aztec uniform. Speaking of final games in a uniform, Bill, 
How about hearing that this was a guy who played uh, 35 minutes, 7 of 12, 4 of 7 from 3, 21 points to lead the Raiders in their loss in the national championship game at the NJCAA level, the uh, junior college national title game. So this is a guy who can seriously play. 21 points, and that, like we said, the 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 addition of a three-point shooter, someone that Auburn, uh, you know, that's that's a spot where even when Alan Flanagan uh, was was highly productive, that that was overall a, a place where Auburn probably needed to improve. Uh the thought that Chad Baker Mazzara can help out on the perimeter from deep is I mean, that's a that's a big time get for this program. Oh, there's no question hey. about it. That's exactly what Auburn's needed. They needed uh, help on the perimeter, shooters on the perimeter, and they have they have done that. They've A&M, added that. A and M, the other uh, competition for him, that was uh, where things started to heat up in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Texas A and M, I believe he was either. He was either about to take a visit or was on a visit. Yeah, I don't think he had taken a visit there yet. And uh, and decides to commit to Auburn instead. And so uh, Bruce Pearl, I I wonder what this means for other targets that Auburn had been uh, Such linked to. Such as who? Well, you think Tyron about Lawrence. Tyron Lawrence. I think Tyron Lawrence. Uh, it's like, fine, if you want to come, good, but... Auburn's not going to wait anymore. Well, I think I think uh, I think the feeling is Tyron Lawrence has been playing Auburn, uh, and and it's like Auburn's not his concern. It is Bruce Pearl and staff's concern. They want to get the best player they can right now. Tyron Lawrence, they would have loved to have had, but there's no way you want to let other possibilities all go elsewhere and then have Tyron Lawrence decide that he's either going to stay at Vandy or do something else. Right, Tyron Lawrence is going to have suitors if he decides oh, yeah. to drop out of the draft and. Uh, reopen his uh, reopen his college basketball recruitment. Uh, Auburn could be uh, one of those uh, one of those suitors. That there, there's you know I, Vanderbilt's been talked about. Memphis has been talked about. There are other programs that need wings uh, that could also uh, uh, get into the uh, get into the Tyron Lawrence sweepstakes. I wa- yeah I wonder what Auburn's uh, interest level or of uh, you know how how viable you know the the recruitment will be if Lawrence drops out. I don't think Justin, uh, not Justin, Julian Phillips is dropping out of the draft. No, I think Julian Phillips is staying in the draft. So I, I think that sort of answers some of those. Interesting, Auburn now has 10 players on scholarship. I, I still think they'd like to add some help in the front court for rebounding, um, you know, protecting the rim, and for sure, insurance in case Janai Broom doesn't come the, back. The 10 that you have on scholarship right now includes Janai Broom? Yes. Right. So if if Auburn went into the season with this 10. With this 10? I I think uh, it, it's not bad. Not I don't bad so at either. all. I, mean, I, I like I like it. they've added they've added some height on the perimeter. Um Well, and there be there'd be real questions that, that could that could lead to really big time answers for Auburn. What kind of guard can Holloway be? Stepping right into college right. basketball. He's going to get an opportunity. What kind of guard can Denver Jones be stepping right into uh, into into a power conference after spending time at FIU? What are you now getting in Chad Baker Mazzara, somebody who was a highly productive junior college player last year with D1 college basketball experience, who's now stepping into a new situation as well? I mean, these guys... I Chaney mean, Johnson. Chaney I mean, Johnson. Making, making the move up from UAH. I, you know, I was talking with... Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, our, our our buddy Pigler early today, uh, and and he said he'd seen Cheney Johnson, uh, and 
thinks Auburn, this is going to be a guy that surprises a lot of people because, you know, remember the story on him is he came out of high school around 6'3". He's now 6'7", still has the skills that he had as a 6'3 player. I I love with Cheney Johnson hearing some sort of combination in the middle between Malik Dunbar and Anthony McLemore. Right, like thinking that there's some compromise between those two as a possibility that Auburn's getting. Maybe mix because of the height, like maybe mix some Dangel Purifoy in there as well of like recent players that you're getting, like depending on what what kind of game Cheney Johnson wants to you know, where Cheney Johnson provides uh production. But no, that's another yeah, another variable. He's a lot I mean, when when Cheney Johnson committed we we were talking about it's it's difficult to it's hard enough with a group with a mid major player to talk about it, like how he's going to how he's going to fit in how his statistics exchange you know what what's the exchange rate on Sun Belt statistics versus SEC or Mountain West statistics versus SEC hard enough with a with a mid major with a D two player. I think it's a total wild card. And now it looks like Auburn's got two wild cards mm-hmm. in Cheney Johnson and Chad Baker Mazzara, who could pay off huge if they fit in and produce the way uh, Bruce Pearl seems to think they can produce. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline here on The Drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan... Um, good start for Auburn uh, today in in the in baseball with the uh, with the win over Missouri. Of course, yesterday the game rained out, and I mean there was there was no chance. <laughs> there was really no chance of uh, of playing last night. Uh, it it rained and it rained and it rained. Uh, my 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 rain gauge had like two inches in it, so um, they they. Have the doubleheader today, and and a uh, very impressive first game win for the uh, uh, for the Tigers as they beat the Missouri Tigers four to nothing. Um, we mentioned that the, the 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 news breaking about the passing of Jim Brown before the show starting. Also, a little piece of news in the uh, in, in the world of college athletics. I don't know if you saw this. A headline bill, but uh, USC Athletic Director Mike Bone 
announcing uh, that he is uh, resigning effective immediately. Uh, he was uh, hired uh, from Cincinnati uh, four years ago. Golly, has it been that long? Yeah, I didn't. Even, it, it seemed like it was just a year or two. Yeah, just uh, just four years ago. But he was the AD when uh, USC made the highly consequential decision uh, to make the jump uh, from the Pac-12 uh, to the Big Ten. Uh, he also hired uh, he also hired Lincoln Riley uh, from Oklahoma to start a new era of USC football. Uh, he will. Uh, he's citing health concerns and uh, and uh, wrote wrote a statement uh, that I believe was made available to the Los Angeles Times and some other uh, media outlets. Uh, he was uh, an athletic director at five different uh, institutions over the last uh, 25 years, and now USC uh, looking for a new AD as they prepare to make the jump to the Big Ten. Meanwhile, Auburn softball uh, scheduled to get started any time. I, I, it's, um, it was a scheduled 4.30 start against Cal State Fullerton. Auburn, the home team, being the two seed there at Clemson. We'll keep you updated on that one as well. So, uh, how how are things going? Haven't uh, seen a uh, haven't seen a PGA scoreboard uh, update. I mean, I know they got the one right there on the screen in front of me, but I'll, I'll see if I can get one th- a little bit more in depth. Uh, here, Corey Connors is alone uh, yeah, now in first six place, under. Uh, six under. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who was one of the favorites, along with uh, John yep. Rahm, uh, when the uh, when the tournament began, uh, he is uh, just one stroke behind Victor Hovland. Uh, also in the mix, Keegan Bradley. Uh, we've got. Uh, let me see some other names. Justin Rose. Those are those are those are the uh, the guys. The only ones that are better than two under. So Bryson's under par, but he's had a rough day today. He's three over. Bryson DeChambeau was the uh, leader uh, after uh, the action uh, ended yesterday. Uh, some other big names still in the mix here. Let me see what I got. Uh, Patrick Cantlay is one over. Uh, Dustin Johnson is one over. Brooks Kepka is one over. Colin Morikawa is one over. So a couple of uh, golfers uh, hovering just over uh, par among the uh, biggest stars of the uh, of the day. Rory McIlroy is uh, is two over. Uh, we've got Patrick Reed at three over, and um, uh, working our way down. Uh, that's uh, Phil. Phil Mickelson's five over, so looking looking less likely that his day is going mm-hmm. to actually. That's the uh, that's the cut. Is that line. the cut? Yeah, cut line is cut. Uh, so, so Phil Mickelson might uh, might in fact be uh, he he might be in position uh, to, uh, to to continue on. Tony Finau also at uh, five over at the cut line, but right now Connors and Scheffler and Hovland uh, ahead of the field in New York at the PGA. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Anything on your mind, uh, sports wise, here on this Friday afternoon? Let's see. Uh, uh, as 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 we were, you know, talking. I mean, Auburn. With do you think? I mean, you asked me what. What do you think? You think Auburn is done at the wing in in basketball? Probably. I mean, I think. I mean, if there if there's a guard that they. Uh, if if there's if there if there's a guard, it'd be tough, to, feel, it'd be tough to sell playing time. Yeah, I would think to a guard now. I mean, it feels like the rotation's just about finished with the ten players they have right now. Maybe there's an insurance policy they'd want to pursue somewhere. Things change if Janai Broom doesn't come back. But I think with the ten, well, players, things change drastically yeah. if Janai Broom doesn't yeah. come back. I mean, it's it's a it's a, a seismic shift as far as what this roster needs. But uh, no, as things stand right now, uh, no, I, I think a, a ten player. It's tough to. It's tough to sell, like you said, not just playing time, but the two. I mean, Bruce. Bruce feels like you know he's he's someone who's ready to reward the walk-ons 
with available scholarships, right. and he's got a couple of them in his program that, that he could he could do that. And if there's well, if, sure you can. I mean, the thing is, if you find another um, four or five, a young one, say that that you can um, use for a few minutes, or someone who is satisfied with being um, a you know someone who's who's just gonna give you 10 minutes or so that you can help defensively and rebounding that gives you 11 Leor I'm it's easy to put him back on scholarship and then if there's another there's another walk on you want to reward you can do that and those are one year deals where you'd be able to use them again next year I saw a projection I think it was a uh, maybe Nathan King a little earlier today I I am not sure let's let's Try to do the numbers. I think Chad Baker Mazzara has two years of eligibility. I would think, um, but but he was but he is a fourth year player, so Auburn could be very senior laden this year. Out of the ten players on scholarship, I believe six of them are going to be listed as seniors. So Chad Baker Mazzaro was. I mean, I, I know he's been out of high school for three years. Let me see what I got there because he's he was high school class of twenty twenty, uh-huh. right? And played. And did he did he take a year? Now he's actually high school class of nineteen, and then took a year at the Spire Academy. So he was. That still that doesn't count against get, your did, eligibility. Didn't count against eligibility, but I wanted to get that right. That right. So he was high school class of nineteen, and that also contributes to his age. Uh, but the. Now, he was high school class of 19 from New Jersey, then went to the uh, Spire Academy in Ohio and was uh, uh, was was a player on the they, – they were a top 10 national prep school team. Went to Duquesne. So his first year was the 2021 season at Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Then he transferred after that to, to San Diego State. Did not take a red shirt, either of those. So he's played two years of major conference basketball. And then one year junior college. So I guess he just has one year. But hold on a second. The year he spent at Duquesne is the COVID year. Yeah. That you could redeem for that's another what I, year. That, that's why I was thinking he probably has two years. The tw- yeah, the 2020-2021 season is the season that every basketball player can redeem. They were allowed to sit out without it counting against their eligibility. So his freshman year at Duquesne could be redeemed for a COVID-19 season down the road. So he's definitely got one year of eligibility remaining as, as a... And could, uh, and could opt for a second year. Right. Cause you don't see, cause you know what you don't see is you, you, you rarely see true juniors at the junior college level. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm thinking. Yeah. He's called a 424. He was a qualifier out of high school um, who then could go to junior college, graduate, and transfer back and be able be eligible to play at both junior college and then back in whatever division he wants. Right. I, I, I'm with you. I think Chad Baker Mazar has two years of eligibility left. He might have to redeem um, the, the, the COVID year for his second year at Auburn if he wanted to, but I'm, I'm fairly certain he has two years left. Yeah, so let's, I mean, on the roster... Let's see. Jalen Williams is definitely a senior. Um, Janai Broom would be, he's a fourth year guy with the same situation, I would guess, as, so, I as Chad sure. Baker Mazzara. I have, I have that. I have that right, correct? If you played, I think so. I think that if you played, my contention is I think if you played basketball 
college bat. Now I don't know about junior college basketball, but if you played division, no, I think I, th- I think any. All right, well, no, but let's, the NCAA and the junior college rules might be different. Let's on, on let's this. look the the Auburn roster itself calls Katie Johnson a senior, Jalen a grad student, um, Chris Moore a senior, um, and then Dylan Cardwell a senior. So those four are definite definitely seniors or grad students. And then Chad Baker Mazzara is being called a senior. Janai Broom is listed as a junior. Okay, so so my did Janai just play one year at uh, at Moorhead? I thought he was at Moorhead two years, but that I could I could have that wrong too. I don't it's it's there's a lot there's a lot to process as far as the eligibility thing. I'm pretty sure that everyone who played Division One college basketball, yeah, Janai played two years at two years at Moorhead. Was he on the roster twenty twenty one? Oh yeah, yeah, he right. was the freshman of the year. Okay, he was the OVC freshman so, of the year. So I'm pretty sure. So he has already Auburn's already counting him as a fourth year junior. I think if you played D one college basketball in the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one season, not the nineteen twenty season, it's very crucial difference. If you played in the twenty twenty one season. I don't think that counts against your eligibility moving forward. You can redeem that season for another year when your eligibility expires if you want to. So this is technically Chad Baker Mazzara's fourth year of eligibility because he played a year at Duquesne. He played a year at San Diego State. He played a year in junior college. And now if he plays a year at Auburn, that would be four years having played four seasons. But I don't think the year at Duquesne counts against his eligibility because it was the COVID-19 season. So I believe Chad Baker Mazzara comes to Auburn with two years. Same deal with Janai Broom. I don't believe that the year he spent at Moorhead counts, or the one of the two years he spent at Moorhead counts against his eligibility because the NCAA gave that to, to, uh, to so as, uh, so, so that players who sat out did not feel like they were being punished amid the COVID-19 uncertainty. The NCAA issued the blanket waiver and gave everyone that year of eligibility back. I think Auburn can... Uh, now, I don't know what the school's role is there. I don't, oh, the know, schools... I, I think the schools leave it up. If the, if the players want it, the schools... And, the, you know, what you can do now is if the players can move on, if they still want to play another year and there's not room. But, but yeah, it was... It was uh, well, let's see, was it Nathan or, or... Yeah, it was Nathan. Nathan King. Today, he listed Chad Baker, Mazzara, and Janai as seniors. So he's got Auburn showing as six seniors. The two juniors are transfers as well, Denver Jones and Chaney Johnson. Now he's making and a, then Trey Donaldson, the only sophomore at Aiden Holloway, the only freshman. He's making a distinction between seniors and graduate seniors, right? No, he just lists seniors. Okay. He lists Jalen, Dylan, Chris, Katie, Janai and Chad Baker, Mazzara, all as seniors. Now they, they, but they don't all seem created equal. No, they're not. The, they're not. In the, well, in that. Some of those players. Katie's the same thing, right? Some of those players have a year of eligibility. This is left, Katie's right? fourth year. This is Katie's one fourth at year, Ge- one at Georgia, but, two at Auburn. But one of his years didn't. Right. But one of his years seemingly doesn't count because. And this is Dylan's. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean, heck, technically, I guess a lot of those seniors could be back again. Anyway, I like I like the makeup of the roster. I mean, that's assuming Janai comes back, and you'd love to add another big. 334-321-1390. Love to hear from you. That is the IKEA of Auburn Hotline. We'll get to our final break of hour number one here on the Friday Drive. 
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final segment here of hour number one. Auburn and Cal State Fullerton underway and uh, the uh, Clemson Regional in the uh, NCAA softball tournament. A lot of SEC representation in oh, the yeah. softball tournament and uh, Auburn yeah, underway as the, I, I think today's the first day of, of the action. I don't believe they, they were, maybe there were some games played yesterday. I, I should know the, oh, no, today's today, I'm, I'm being, uh, it is confirmed. Uh, today is the first one. In fact, Let's see who's who's up for. Georgia's also playing the uh, 14 seed uh, in the Athens Regional. Uh, there have been some SEC teams that have. Uh, uh, see, your Ole Miss beat Baylor already in a uh, in, in regional action. Clemson beat UNC Greensboro. That's why this game was a few minutes late getting started. I guess 17 to two, the final score as the Clemson Tigers take care of business against the Greensboro. So that means that the winner of uh, this game between the right. Auburn Tigers Plays and the Clemson. Titans of Cal State Fullerton, uh, they will, uh, they'll will they play Clemson tomorrow. Uh, that's uh, I think that game is... I think that's the early game. I think it's, I think it's the early game, too. Uh, um, yeah, right now, uh, two down, Matty Penta striking out the leadoff batter, getting a ground out. And uh, Cal State batting with two down... And the top of the first. We'll keep you updated on that. Again, baseball, um, great performance by Chase Alsup today, really saving the bullpen. Tanner Bauman comes in, goes two perfect, well, not perfect innings, six up, six down. He did hit a batter. Um, we hit the bullseye with our speculation, though. It is going to be 5-15, uh, the start for game two of the doubleheader. Eagle flight scheduled. That is right. So it should be 510. Uh, yeah, just just before first pitch. You want to you want to be in your uh, you want to be in your seat around five ish if you can. Uh, maybe a little later than that. As uh, they're also going to honor the yeah, graduate. and uh, don't smell like bait. Also uh, honor. <laughs> that'd be something. <laughs> going going after the. <laughs> That's what the net's there for. No, be behind the net. That's right. Oh, all those, you know, all those, all those fishermen going to Auburn, <laughs> Auburn baseball games. Just right got, after yeah, work. just just got off the boat, huh? Just got off the boat, going straight to the Auburn baseball game. Yeah, right. Uh, if you, yeah. I, well, more likely, say you'd been at the lake and you'd been uh, cleaning some fish. Or, wash up before you head in, or, okay? Or you work at a bait shop or a bait That's shop, true. Bait shop That's proprietors. True. Those are closer to the Auburn, uh, to Plainsman Park. Uh, potentially, we got a couple fine bait shops within our listening area. Uh, so you're, I think it's good advice, nevertheless. <laughs> Don't want to smell like bait. Uh, they're going to honor the... They're gonna honor yeah, the, I wouldn't encourage that anyway when you're going to be in a big crowd. Any social situation. <laughs> no, that's right. Any, uh, and, and so... The it's uh, the, they're going to honor the graduates. There's going to be an eagle flight, and they're starting the game at five fifteen. So I think five oh five. I don't have the the release right in front of me. Uh, but they, I thought they, tomorrow was senior day. I think they're doing something with. Uh, I, I'll I'll double check. I'm pretty sure there was something about honoring the graduates in there along with the eagle flight. So uh, let me see if I can get the. How about this? Uh, we've got a tweet from Auburn baseball. In the last uh, 10 minutes. Tomorrow is senior day with uh, trading card giveaways, uh, trading card giveaway while supplies last. Graduate ceremony scheduled for 5 p.m. tonight 
512 Eagle That's Flight. That's a quick ceremony. 515 first pitch. Okay. So um, is is the graduate ceremony the same as senior day festivities? Or I don't know. Maybe it's uh, to honor. No, I don't think so. Maybe it's to honor all the players that have earned degrees yeah. who still have eligibility right. remaining or something. Maybe there's a, you know, that would make sense that we almost have a distinction between the graduate ceremony and the senior day because so many players in different sports receive degrees while they still have eligibility remaining and, and they, they haven't finished their actual careers. But congratulations to everybody on the Auburn baseball team who's you know earning their degrees and going through all that stuff. But uh, the yeah, five o'clock is the graduate ceremony, five twelve the Eagle Flight and then five So you need to head on over there if you're gonna catch all that. I mean uh, that's about six minutes from now. But yeah, Auburn looking for the doubleheader sweep. We'll give you the uh, the lineups and everything. Like I said, Tommy Vale, I believe uh, Auburn's hoping that he's able to go tomorrow. Man, it'd be great to have a guy like Tommy Vale if you could win game two and have Tommy Vale for game three. You know what, though? It also, uh, people could, I mean, momentum's a funny thing. Tommy Vale missing a series and saving his arm for the postseason's not the worst thing. No, no, not at all. You see, you see, Major League Baseball teams down the stretch. Maybe the ace skips a tournament yeah, rotation. Well, Auburn, but Auburn hasn't already wrapped up right. a regional host. You're right. uh, if you had, sure, you might think about if, doing if that. If Tommy Vale, if Tommy Vale can't go this weekend, but he's able to to return to action. In the SEC tournament and beyond, maybe this pays dividends because it was it was a little bit uh, you know it was, it was a chance for him to rest after a, a great series of performances. You'd love to have him out there tomorrow, but if but if he can't go, uh, it's you know, at least it's not something where you're worried moving forward, right? Like it's not an injury to a body part that gets you pause about what kind of Tommy Vale. You know, it's a, it's a, he's got a little stomach bug or something. Hopefully, uh, Tommy Vale's uh, going to be able to, uh, uh, to to resume uh, his. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be able to return to action soon. And if it's not this weekend, um, maybe it maybe it's actually a blessing in disguise. All right, we're halfway done here on the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. We're back after our top of the hour break. Come on in and join us for hour number two. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. Legendary Cleveland Browns running back Jim Brown has died. He retired after nine seasons when he was only 30. At the time, he was the NFL's all-time leader in rushing yards, attempts, and touchdowns. He led the league in rushing in eight of his nine seasons. Jim Brown was 87. With the Miami Heat winning game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, our Kendrick Perkins says tonight's game two is a must win for the Celtics 
and Jason Tatum must be a big part of it. We can blame a little bit on, on Coach Missoula and talk about putting him in position to be successful, but you're that guy. Humbly speaking, you're one of the best players in the world. If you want the damn basketball, go get the damn basketball. Kendrick Perkins on Get Up. Game 2 coverage, Celtics and Heat, starts at 8 Eastern here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Second round of the PGA Championship live right now on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Corey Connors and Scotty Scheffler share the lead at 6 under par. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. Yeah, it's the regular crew here. In hour number two, and somebody did it again. They took the adapter. And it's in this one. Reach that. It's like this. You want to use mine? This headset. Got he's, he's got an adapter no, I got, right I got here. an adapter plugged in over here. Okay, yeah, I use that. Oh, I was going to say you can plug, um, your, plug yourself. Yeah, I noticed it yesterday, and, and, and everything was amazingly good in hour number one that I didn't even notice it. But I just moved the headset enough, and I lost all the audio. So we, we need we probably need to find some more adapters. Man, that makes a difference. Um, welcome in. It's hour number two of the Friday Drive. And the second hour is brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And uh, love for you to join in. You can give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is available however you listen to podcasts. Mentioned at the top of the show, the news breaking, uh, Jim Brown. Yeah, uh, passing and, away and we, didn't talk, we didn't talk enough about, about Jim Brown. I mean, we just sort of quickly passed over yeah one of the all-time greats he he was so dominant uh he was i mean he he was the kind of guy that could run through people he could run by people he was i saw somebody earlier saying he was Bo before Bo. i mean he was one of those he was just looked like a freak he was bigger than most running backs at the time, and things seemed to come so easily to him. I mean, he came into the NFL and immediately was the best player in the league. I think part of the uh, p- part of the reason why, as as time has gone on, maybe people are less familiar with Jim Brown than some other 
legendary football players is the era, the 1957 and right. 1965. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often, I don't know what the television status was for, for, for much, for, for many of those games. You don't see as many highlights of Jim Brown's there was NFL a, career. There was a game of the week, and that's, of course, right, you know, right in the middle of his career, uh, came the formation of the AFL. And then it was, you know, before he was out as the AFL and NFL were about to merge. And I think I think there was there was with with Jim Brown's life and with his celebrity, there were a lot of different sort of eras. And oh, and you had I mean, and you mentioned also earlier, very prominent in the civil rights movement, and I mean, uh, at the at those days. That uh, that was very controversial. Well, I'll, I'll read the first uh, paragraph of the New York Times obituary of Jim Brown that was published recently because this is uh, I think there's there's a lot a lot to get to and you know how much of it we need to get to in depth about Jim Brown. We'll see. But Jim Brown, the Cleveland Browns fullback, who was acclaimed as one of the greatest football players in history and who remained in the public eye as a Hollywood action hero and a civil rights activist, though his name was later tarnished by accusations of violent conduct against women, died on Thursday night at his home in Los Angeles. He was 87 years old. His family announced his death on uh, on Friday on Instagram. Unquote. And uh, Jim Brown, uh, the uh, yeah, his, his time as a, a football player, and and they, they also you know met, mentioned that he was a uh, uh, all American lacrosse player at Syracuse, one of the great uh, lacrosse players of all time. I'm uh, I'm familiar with his work uh, as an actor, uh, the Dirty Dozen. Dirty Dozen he's, was he's, yeah was was the first. I mean that was his big big. You know, first part. He's great. He's great in uh, in the Dirty Dozen. He's great in um, Mars Attacks. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, he the, was. He, he plays in in the ensemble, the Tim Burton uh, uh, sci-fi comedy Mars Attacks. There's a uh, there's a fight scene between Jim Brown and a bunch of the aliens wearing the glass. Uh, uh, the he, he plays sort of a. I'm trying to think of the. It was he was a retired. Former heavyweight champion who'd fallen on hard times and was now like the doorman at a at a casino in Las Vegas fighting off the the Martian attack. Uh, uh, Ice uh, Ice Station Zebra, yeah, is that's a, right. Is is a Jim Brown film? They actually had that on. I think TCM showed that in the last twenty four hours, not related to uh, Jim Brown's passing or anything like that. But no, he was a. Uh, uh, yeah, this this is a uh, this is a guy who had uh, yeah famous career as a, a movie star on top of his 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 legendary athletic exploits and and yeah a, a very 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 famous figure in the world of sports and someone who yeah you know, one of the uh, yeah just just how, one of the greatest ever. So how old was he? He 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 probably was around thirty when he retired. I mean, he led the league in rushing his final year in the NFL. I believe the only year he didn't lead the league was either the next to the last or the second from the last year when uh, Jim Taylor of the uh, Packers may have led the league in rushing. Jim Brown was born in 1936. So he was 29. He retired from the NFL after leading the league in rushing all but one season and he was he was the all time leading he was the all time leading rusher in the NFL when he retired at twenty nine. And uh, and there's a um a, a couple couple of quotes that have been attributed uh, to a Jim Brown. I know one of the stories uh, from the I think it's the AP story uh, reporting on it. Uh, John Mackey uh, relays that uh, uh that, that Jim Brown told him uh, make sure when anybody tackles you uh, that they they remember how much it hurts. Oh, and he did. He made. I mean, he punished tacklers. 
He was as big as most of those guys that were tackling him back then. 19, uh, 1967, uh, Jim Brown organized the Cleveland Summit, which was a meeting uh, of, of uh, athletes including Bill Russell and, uh, and Lou Alcindor, who later became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, supporting Muhammad Ali's uh, fight against uh, serving in Vietnam. That was uh, you know, w- one of several uh, instances of, of Jim Brown being very involved in civil rights and uh, social causes. Also uh, was, was an advocate to stop gang violence in Los Angeles uh, in, uh, in th- throughout much of his life. You, do you have his stats there in front of you? I don't. Uh, I, I can pull them up. But I mean, uh, you talking college or pro? Because you can get them e- both. either one. I mean, the Syracuse stats are are unbelievable. Well, I mean, Syracuse Syracuse had a run. You talk about running back university. Syracuse was for a little while with um, Floyd Little and oh man, the other guy, um, the Express, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, um, I'm blanking on his name. Um, but but yeah, I mean, Syracuse had a, a run of. Unbelievable running backs. 6'2", 232. That is, that's still big for a running back right now, 50 years later. Almost 60 years, yeah, 60 plus years later after he came out of, 65 years after he started his career. So, so yeah, you know, I mean. The, the, the stats aren't that, uh, Ernie Davis Ernie Davis. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Stat, the stats aren't that crazy for the Syracuse era because keep in mind, eight game, eight game season. So when, when you see someone run for nine hundred and fifty yards or something, you know, oh, you know, well, that, no, J- Jim Brown was yeah, averaging averaging six point senior season at Syracuse, eight games, one hundred and fifty eight attempts, nine hundred and eighty six yards. So he averaged six point two on one hundred one hundred and fifty eight attempts, thirteen touchdowns, and uh, was. Uh, uh, yeah, one of, and I, and I believe is is an, is an inductee in the, uh, he's in the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame uh, for for his uh, for his time as a uh, as as a, uh, a Cleveland Brown. Well, uh, he played 118 career games, uh, 12 game seasons for the first half of his career. They moved to 14 in '61. So in 118 games, he ran. For twelve thousand three hundred twelve, he his for his career he averaged one hundred and four yards a game, for his career. That that is uh, that's phenomenal. He never the only two years he was under a hundred yards were his rookie year, and in nineteen sixty two, and that's the only year he didn't rush for a thousand yards. Won the AP MVP award three times, 1957, 1958, and 1965. He was also one That the, was his last year. His first two years and his last year. Yeah, also uh what AP rookie of the year. Um he was let's see here was a nine-time pro bowler. He was on the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was all, a nine-time pro bowler and he played Nine years. Nine seasons. Uh, pro, pro football. He was on the All 60s team for the uh, Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, led the NFL in rushing in eight of his nine yeah. seasons. Finished fourth in 1962. That was the only year. I that believe he, that's the year Jim Jim Taylor of the of the Packers led the league. Yeah, the, he only ran for 996 yards that year. Yeah, the the only season in uh, in his career where he didn't uh, lead the league uh, in rushing. And and like you said, yeah, walked away at uh, at, the, at the age of 29. He came back after that season, the only year that he didn't lead the league in rushing. He ran for 1,863 yards in 14.
16 games the next year, averaged 133 yards a game. And the, and the fact that he walked away early, I think, as NFL careers shorten and as players who are financially set decide they're going to call He was the first to do early. that. He said, yeah, I think that's, he said he didn't have anything else left to prove. He had other things to take care of. He he was more concerned about things outside of football. And and, and it does seem like football's got things to take from you. You know, once you pass twenty nine thirty, right? I mm-hmm. mean, if you if you keep playing, that's where uh, you know that, that's uh, that for a long time it was believed that's where guys were suffering. You know the uh, and not just in football in any sort of very physical sport. You know, tr- doing it too long is when it really starts to take that. Uh, that that terrible toll on on your body later on, and so yeah, I wonder if if Jim Brown will also be seen as something of a pioneer of 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 getting out uh, while you can still preserve uh, you, while you still got your wits about you, and you can still preserve uh, uh, your 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 life for later. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Pat is up first. Hey, Pat. Hey guys, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Hey man, I, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, yeah, y'all talked about it earlier. Uh, AD, man, for him to call a whole baseball game, that, that's 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 that, that that's okay, ain't it? That oh. is all right. I, well, that, he, that, I mean, he he is. I mean, he is dialed in to Auburn. Oh, oh yeah. he was having a he was having a blast. Absolutely, too. I, I hope, he was. I, I hope it's not the you know, and, and this is a guy who's not just you know an AD, but he's also a former baseball coach and someone who's been around the sport. He's he's a very. I mean. You've got to just love the folks that are in charge of of so many things here on campus. I mean, I, I was talking to someone that I hadn't talked to in years. I mean, years earlier today. And uh, he was talking. He mentioned John Cohen, said he was out uh, and, and John, saw John Cohen there and said he had his uh, had his child with him. And and the John came over and, and just sat and, and talked with him. For a while, just couldn't believe how friendly he was, how personable he was. And I said, yes, you know, really, from from President Roberts to uh, John Cohen to, I said, you know, just look with with the head coaches and the their boss and then his boss. Uh, it, it, it is a it's a very friendly, but I mean, very sharp. They know exactly what they're doing. And uh, yeah, John Cohen, uh, it's it's hard to. Hard to believe he's not enjoying himself because he sure really he sure really seems to be and I and I believe he is. I mean, guys. I mean, really. I mean, you know, I I, I heard him earlier in the season. You know, uh, he called like three or four innings with Andy, and uh-huh. uh, which was awesome. But to do a whole game, what other athletic director is doing that? I mean. You know. No, I think it shows a, a, a com, you know a comfort in the in mm-hmm. the public eye and and a uh, you know a guy who's just I don't know it's I don't know if it's to be expected uh, from ads because some some are a little more comfortable at the microphone than others but I think it's really cool that Auburn's got somebody uh, who's uh, who's that willing to uh, to step out and 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 get in conversation and and by the way he's been he's been really candid at these these ambushes as well about what he. Uh, what he envisions for Auburn and and what he thinks uh, is is something that uh, you know the, the pro- projects that that he he prioritizes and and how he feels about some other things. So yeah, I think it's been a uh, we, we've made a lot of the first few months of Hugh Freeze's tenure, right? And I think exactly. I think John Cohen, yes, John Cohen's had an excellent first few months on the I job agree. on the job as well. All right, hey man, that's that's all I got, man. Appreciate the show, bro. 
Appreciate the call, Pat. We need to get to our first break of hour number two. Yellowhammer, hang on. Hammer. We'll be up when we come back here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls, updating PGA Scotty Scheffler has regained the lead, six under on 17, uh, through 17, as a matter of fact. Um, let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Yellowhammer is up next. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Uh, I heard you talking about Jim Brown and a movie he was in, and, and I'm wondering if I remember this correctly. Uh, Jack Nicholson played the role of the President of the United States. That's, Mars, the way that's, they... that's, that's Mars Attacks. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, okay. And what was the name of that movie? Mars Mars Attacks is the uh, the the mid mid nineties, I think ninety six or so. Tim Burton did sort of. It was sort of like a throwback to the old school disaster movies where you had a bunch of characters, an ensemble. Uh-huh. Rather than like well, one, I remember one they would leads. kill the Martians by singing uh, Slim Whitman, and their heads would explode. Well, well, right? It would it would break <laughs> it would break the glass right of their yeah, uh, that's right. of, of their of their helmets, helmets. Or, or the frequency would. And, it's been and, a while since I've seen it. And I that kind of stung because I was a big Slim Whitman fan. <laughs> Slim Whitman. Oh, I knew his, his fans were. Man, the first I ever heard of Slim Whitman, uh, Yellowhammer, is when those commercials used to run on Channel Four at about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, I guess you know sometimes Slim Whitman and Boxcar <laughs> Willie. It seemed like they were they were selling they were selling their uh, their stuff. Back before well, Sam Fear, the master of the pan flute. I, I was. I oh was, God, not Sam Fear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Well, anyway, uh, if I had my druthers, I was a head coach, would I pick Walter Payton, uh, Barry Sanders, Bo Ooh. Jackson, or would I pick Jim Brown? That's really, really tough. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't know. Jim. I mean, there are a lot of folks who, even before he passed away today, there are a lot of folks who would have told you Jim Brown's the answer to the question of, like, the greatest guy to, the great, the greatest player to ever, to ever participate in the NFL. Now, there's, there's other, you know, like, I'm, I'm sure that if you, if you have your preference. He was the most dominant player yeah. in the league for all his nine years. I guess we got to hire him. Huh? But Bo, you know, if Bo is Oh, yeah, healthy. no kidding. <laughs> oh, well. Well, thanks, guys. Bye. Appreciate the call, Yellowhammer. 334-321-1390. Auburn has now sent out an official release uh, about the signing of uh, Chad Baker-Mazzara. Uh, I'll read you some of the, the notes from there. 67190 is a, what, is what a, Auburn calls it. It's him. a signing and not a commitment, right? <clears throat> yes. Okay, cool. Um, it says 67190 Rising Junior. So that is good to know that he does have two years of eligibility. Guard forward. Uh, help. Most, most people don't spend their junior years at Northwest Florida State. No, no, you're right. Northwest Florida State. Well, but, well you, you're you right. Get, it's third year. It you, get third a lot of, year. you get a lot of people out of junior college who would be juniors. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. It was, it was uh, yeah, the, the notion that he only had one year left, I, I understand the confusion, but yeah, gl- glad that Auburn cleared that up. Yeah, uh, help lead uh, Northwest Florida State's Raiders to a 29-8 and overall record in the NJ. 
CAA National Championship game. Led the team 15.2 points. Also averaged 3.6 rebounds, 2.1 assists per game. Again, 46.9% from three-point range. And I love that this is a guy, nothing against junior college basketball, but I love that this isn't a guy who just only has the one year as a junior college <laughs> player uh, of his experience. This is someone who played multiple years of D1 basketball and then went to junior college to reset, perform like this. This is exactly what Auburn would be looking for mm-hmm. as as far as an experience level for a junior college player. And that kind of production really seems to fit a need. I, Auburn was not the only SEC program after Chad Baker, Mazzara. Didn't he tweet out something about Kentucky? Yes. He, it, said, he said he'd heard from Kentucky um, that he got an offer from you know, Kentucky the, the night after he left Auburn. You know, I wonder if that intensified Auburn's, uh, you know. Uh, I think Auburn was pretty, pretty yeah. interested in Chad Baker Mazzara, um, from, from the time because it's like he, uh, he, he got a call. Auburn immediately got him on campus. Uh, it seemed like Auburn was, yes, very intent on, uh, trying to, to, to get his services. Felt like there was some urgency there. I'm going to try to find out. I got some connections in Niceville. I'm going to try to find out a little bit more about Chad Baker Mozart. We, we, we may have a Yeah, guest. Drew was just telling us that uh, some some folks he knew said he was fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I'm sure that's the case. Uh, a guy that could shoot it like that. Let me read you some quotes from Bruce Pearl. He said, and I quote, Chad is a very talented player. He has great range on his three ball and can make plays out of ball screens for himself and others. He has long arms and quick feet. Chad is an agile defender who's able to guard multiple positions. He's been extremely well coached throughout his career, growing up in the Dominican Republic and playing at Duquesne, San Diego State, and Northwest Florida. He's won a lot of games and championships. I, I wasn't sure uh, how, uh, like you know, with, with when a player is a, is a commitment and not a signing. I, I don't know mm-hmm. how. I don't know how much. Uh, his 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 current school. You don't an, you can't about. announce the players yeah. until they are signed. But I've got I've got some I've got some people in mind who have seen Chad Baker Mazzara play. I, I not, now that he's signed, we may have a little more. Uh, we may have more hope of, of getting them to come on the record and, and talk about him. But this is a it's a really nice pickup for an Auburn team that has needed. I mean, with the with the expectation since the season ended or since West Flanagan moved on to Ole Miss. The expectation that Alan Flanagan was leaving uh, and, and Chance Westry, when, when you know, since Chance Westry went into the portal, uh, this has uh, th- this. Th- there's been a, a, a pretty serious need for a wing, uh, e- even signing uh, the player out of UAH, uh, Cheney, Cheney Johnson. Like, e- even adding Cheney Johnson d- doesn't, you know, d- didn't change that Auburn needed to find minutes. On the perimeter, they no, love, no, they not at all. Love to add somebody. Man, you got to love it. I mean, Denver, Denver Jones, Cheney Johnson, and Chad Baker Mazzara. That is experienced and and some size there. You're going to go six four, six seven, six seven with those three guys. Yeah, and NCAA tournament experience in the case of Chad Baker Mazzara. By the way, he was the leading scorer for San Diego State when they played Creighton in his final game as an Aztec. I mean, this is someone who's not just been. Uh, and, and the Mountain West has some high level college basketball mm-hmm. programs in it too. So don't. I mean, he, he got valuable experience. Yeah, before. again, he was the sixth player of the year there in the conference. Um, also pointing out that he was third in the. Uh, he was uh, let's see, third in the A ten. And three point shooting as a true freshman. This is this is a great pickup for uh, for, for an Auburn team that uh, needed needed to find uh, some help with the wing. Yeah, no no question about it. So yeah, so nice to know that's that he is in the fold. And we talked about it a while ago. Ten players now on scholarship. That is assuming 
Janai Broom comes back, and Auburn would like to add one more uh, player in the front court, and we'll see. I mean, there have been a couple of options. I mean, uh, they've, they've looked at a couple of high schoolers, and um, there's no question they're, they're in contact with some of the guys in the portal you as know, well. You know, a high schooler is a fascinating uh, proposition because I think it's fair to assume... Auburn only has... Two underclassmen on the roster now. Trey yeah. Donaldson's a sophomore, and Aiden Holloway's a freshman. Right, and he, and that's with eligibility questions, right? You know, we did the whole we did the whole uh, to do in the first hour yeah. about you know what what being a senior, yeah, what year exactly people are. Yeah, but, we spent way too much time. But doing but, that. but let's but no, but it's it, it's interesting, and there's questions, and and how about this? I mean, if it, it's fair for Auburn to assume that this might be the last year of college basketball for Janai Broom and Jalen Williams and Dylan Cardwell, mm-hmm. adding a high school player who spends a year learning the system, doesn't get to get on the court a lot, but is in a position to step in and contribute? Someone who, you're right, wouldn't expect to have to play, so you wouldn't have to worry about him jumping into the transfer portal because he doesn't get to play 20 minutes again. Yeah, you don't want to mislead someone and tell them that there's an opportunity. If Janai comes back and Jalen comes back and Dylan comes back, with the addition of Cheney Johnson and with Chris Moore, presumably mm-hmm. uh, ready to go when the season starts, you know you don't know how many minutes you can really sell somebody uh, who's not a proven star. You don't know how many minutes you can sell somebody at the four or the five right now in college basketball. Right now for Auburn College basketball, but after the season, there could be a ton of minutes available. So if they wanted to make, uh, what would you think of it, Bill? Like a like a long term investment, right? Right, someone, someone, and you would you would um, assume that's not going to be someone who is being recruited by everybody, but someone who the coaching staff sees the the potential there, sort of a raw type uh, big guy, and a JUCO that, player that probably could, uh, a JUCO pro, pro player probably doesn't make sense there because no, probably if you, not. Have, if you only have two years of eligibility left, you probably don't want to spend one learning the system and waiting and watching but but one of either either somebody that would be okay spending their final year of college basketball as the number 4 or number 5 post right. for a major conference team or somebody who would spend a year learning the system and getting uh you know getting acclimated to SEC basketball but not playing a lot and then maybe stepping into a bigger role next year. If Auburn identified one of those two, yeah, it seems like they maybe have a scholarship to uh, uh to uh, to gamble on on something like that. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. We'll update you on what's going on on the Diamond when we come back here for the final half hour of the Friday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes of the drive here on this Friday afternoon. All right, let's uh, catch you up on what's going on in uh, baseball and softball. Obviously, um, you know, we've talked about Auburn's 4 nothing win over Missouri in the opener of the doubleheader today over at uh, Sanford Stadium, Hitchcock Field at Plainsman Park. Excellent pitching from Chase Alsup and Tanner Bauman, a combined three-hitter. All right, uh, Auburn uh, softball out to a an early lead, a quick lead um, behind Matty Penta. Uh, Auburn leading 6-1 to one over Cal State Fullerton as the uh, Titans bat in the top of the third. Auburn with two in the first, then Cal State uh, struck with a run in the second, but Auburn came back with four in the bottom of the second, and Auburn leads that 6-1 to one with Cal State batting in the top of the third. As Dan mentioned, Clemson an easy winner in the opening game there in the Clemson Regional, and it looks like uh, should be a matchup of the top two seeds. Those two Tigers there in Clemson tomorrow, if this continues. We'll keep you updated there, though. Auburn ahead 6-1. Meanwhile, Six, uh, uh, we've got, we're up to six straight conference wins now for Auburn after winning the first right. of two games in the doubleheader. Uh, still efforting how long it's been, but several years since Auburn's won six straight games in conference play. A win today or tomorrow would give Auburn the win in five straight SEC series to close out the regular season in 2023. Do you think that was going to happen about a month and a half ago? Absolutely not. Did I think I'd be talking about outstanding pitching? And this is with, I mean, Auburn's, uh, you know, without Christian Herberholtz this weekend. Chase also, I, I said I liked what we saw out of him last week. I never expected seven shutout today against Missouri. And Auburn's out to a one nothing lead as we are in the top of the second, Cole Foster doubling in um, Chris Stanfield in the bottom of the first, and uh, Connor Copeland on the mound for the Tigers. You know, as, as Auburn Auburn having to go down the line a little bit, but man, they're in great shape because they've got they've got the whole bullpen. Tanner Bauman threw two innings in the opener, and they've got everybody else available. We've got a, we've got a question coming in from the, uh, from, from, from the text box anonymously, uh, someone wondering, uh, do you think if Auburn can pull off the sweep this weekend, Bill, uh, where do you think that puts Auburn in position as far as hosting in regional play in the <sighs> baseball a, postseason? It's a tough call. I mean, uh, I, uh, I got to note that Auburn on the daily RPI was, was 17th today. All right, there's there's never been a team, an SEC team, with a with 17 SEC wins and an RPI 17 or better. There's never been an SEC team not to host with those numbers. However, there also have never been eight SEC teams hosting. And right now, Auburn is the eighth highest RPI team in the SEC. I think they should be in position to host if they sweep and then win at least a game in the SEC tournament. But it's just hard to expect the committee to let half of the hosts be from one conference. There are a couple of schools in the SEC that seem like no-brainers, right, as far as there are no doubt about it, they're hosting in regional play. Kentucky, Arkansas, LSU, South Carolina, and Florida are currently ranked two through six 
in RPI, Bill, using yeah. using D, uh, using the NCAA using NCAA dot com's uh, uh, RPI rankings. Uh, Kentucky, Arkansas, LSU, South Carolina, and Florida are two, three, four, five, and six. So you figure those five are are in excellent position. Where is LSU now? They, LSU, four. Okay. So Kentucky, Arkansas, LSU, South Carolina, and Florida. All right. Who else is not in there? Because the SEC had Vanderbilt's eight. Okay, Vandy has dropped a spot. Then. Right, so Vandy is eight, so that, that gives you six. Six SEC, of the top eight. Right, with Clemson and Wake Forest, the other two. And Alabama has been playing well, and they, they're they right there around the top ten. Alabama's 11. And oh, so okay. Alabama's 11 in RPI right now. Auburn is 18. 18, that does not factor in the win today. Right. That is 18 going into this weekend, so Auburn... Presumably improve their position with a win over Missouri. Could get another win over Missouri today to further improve their position. Let me see where Missouri is in the most recent. 36 is where Missouri entered. Entering today, Missouri was the number 36 team in the country in RPI and, and on the, uh, on the bubble of the NCAA tournament. So a, a win, another win in one of these next two over Missouri would further improve Auburn standing. I don't know the question as far as if the committee would, if if there are eight or nine SEC teams in the top fifteen, would the committee just say we're, we can't have nine SEC teams hosting regionals because it's never happened? Well, they wouldn't would be they? nine. It would. It could be eight, right? Auburn is the eighth. Auburn is eight. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so let's uh, let's say eight because that's Auburn, what I'm saying. It will, Tennessee's, will... Tennessee's twenty three. Tennessee's probably not going to be able to no, play their way into, into that mix. Now there have been some teams. We're behind uh, Auburn right now in the in in, in the uh, RPI rankings. Dallas Baptist and Miami have both been uh, have both been uh, uh, yeah. Miami's been mentioned a few times. They've they've both been projected as uh, uh, and and I've also seen Indiana State and I'm wondering where where was where was Indiana State in the some somebody had Indiana State as a as a host in uh, regional. Let me see if I can find where they are in maybe, yeah, over, maybe I missed them. And anyways, there are there are other schools that are in in the conversation. Oh, Indiana State's twelve. Uh, so there are other schools in the conversation for uh, for hosting spots as well. But uh, it seems like Auburn, when they push here, what do you think, Bill? Do you think they can get to the fifteen sixteen line if they keep winning? What do they need to do? I think they can. I just again, I just I just wonder if if they're going to put eight SEC teams as hosts. Um, Auburn may need to have a little more damage. I'll tell you, the thing is, man, Alabama has played so well since they replaced Brad Bohannon. They really, Alabama's hot, too. I mean, uh, Alabama's already won the first two games of their series. They're 15. Alabama's got a chance to finish 16 and 14. Saw and, them, and, saw them and play win in, 38 games in the regular season. Saw them play in Montgomery last week against Troy. Mm-hmm. Really impressed by the way they're pitching. I mean, they, they yep. are, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and, and I don't know how much of it, you know, I don't, I don't know how much of it, if any of it, has to do with with the departure of Brad Bahannon. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to try to connect those dots. But no, but it's they're, almost like they're they're now they're they're going to prove that they're. It's you know the story about them isn't just about that. Yeah, well they've hit a real that hot, they can play. They've hit a real hot stretch and they've yep. had the opportunity. To, you know, with some wins that that help move the needle. Uh, they, you know what, I would say the same thing about Alabama, Bill. If they're a two seed. I don't think there are going to be teams fired up. For how Alabama, how how are they? How are they a? Uh, well, I mean, how could they be a two seed when they're eleven? When they when they when yeah, they're eleven right now. And if they win again, 
I mean, if they're 16, they're 16 and 14, they're 38, 17, and in the top 11 in the nation in RPI, how are you a two seed? I haven't seen a ton of Alabama, proje- I haven't seen a ton of projections that have Alabama hosting. Uh, I've seen a couple that have said they should, but the what, what, see, that's where it's got me concerned about Auburn because I read one that said they, Alabama should be hosting, but it's doubtful that there will be seven SEC teams hosting. So it's got to be even more doubtful that there'd be eight. D1 Baseball releasing projections from this weekend, uh, for this weekend. So this is the, uh, these, these are their, uh, their projections going into this weekend. They have Alabama as the two seed at Duke. Duke would be the 15, uh, the number 15 overall in the draw. They've got Auburn as the two seed at Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, the 12th overall seed in the draw. All right, so... And they have Tennessee as the two seed in Morgantown, West Virginia. West Virginia as the sixth overall seed in the draw. Let me see if they have, I think, the rest of the SEC teams. So that means they've got Auburn at 21 right now. As I mean, if you're just doing it strictly by numbers, that's about where they have Auburn. And they have Alabama at like 18. Vanderbilt, Kentucky... Uh, LSU, Florida, Arkansas as your SEC teams hosting regional play, and then let me see. I don't. I think they've got A and M in towards the end of the bracket, and they don't have Georgia or Missouri uh, making the draw. That was the that was the the projection for yeah, the, this. Is a big ball game for Missouri here. I mean, Missouri um, really needs to not be swept. And they really need to win this series to try to make a big statement oh, for them. How about this? To keep to keep their chances as an at-large alive? Because they can win the SEC tournament. Right. That is right. To keep their chances as an at-large alive, I would call the game going on right now a must-win game for Missouri. Yeah, that's what they, I'm saying. This, will, this is a big, will not, big ball the game The chances of Missouri making the SEC... Like, do, if, if Missouri loses today, this cool. game going on right now, there, there is there is basically no window for them to get to the NCAA tournament without winning the SEC tournament. If they lose today and Mississippi State wins, they may not make the SEC tournament. They may not make the tournament at all, which also I mean, puts, it is puts huge pressure, so. for them. Because right now, Missouri and Georgia are 10-18. and 18. They are the last two teams in. Mississippi State is 9-19, and 19, one game back. So... So yeah, there's a lot on the line uh, as as Auburn and Missouri play right now. And Auburn batting in the bottom of the second. Connor Copeland two shutout innings with three strikeouts, and Auburn leading one nothing as they bat in the uh, bottom half of the second. Meanwhile, over in softball, um, Cal State with a run in and threatening runners at second and third, top of three. Auburn leading six to two, but uh, but but Cal State Fullerton has scored a run and has runners at second and third. And Auburn uh, will face, or if Auburn can win, uh, they'll, they'll face Clemson tomorrow in that regional. Clemson pounded uh, UNC. Was it Greensboro? Uh, UNC. It was one of the UNCs. Either William, Williamsburg. Uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was. I think it was Greensboro. I think they, but they, Clemson just demolished. Yeah, opponent. it was like you said, seventeen to two. Seventeen to two was the final score. So Clemson moving on to the uh, in, in the winners bracket. If Auburn can beat the Titans of Cal State Fullerton, they will face Clemson tomorrow in regional play in NCAA softball action. All right, we will get to our final break 
of the week. Still time for you to join in. 334-321-1390 here on the Friday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final segment of the afternoon of the week here on The Drive. You gonna try to uh, check out any of the, the uh, baseball in person? I know today's. today's yeah, I was tough I was because... I was thinking about tonight's, but since they started at five fifteen, I don't know. I got a couple of things to do. I was thinking I'd be a little late. It's gonna put me awful late uh, if I get over there. And then tomorrow, I've got tickets. I mean, I've got tickets. Uh, um, but the weather is the concern tomorrow now. So uh, I hope so. Wonder if they will keep the uh, scheduled start time. We were talking about that earlier in the show, uh, as it seems like the late afternoon weather uh, could be a concern. Maybe that game starts a little bit earlier than expected. But, you know, Auburn uh, takes the first game against Missouri earlier today. They're now uh, in action in the second game. And uh, Auburn's on the board, right, Bill? Yeah, Auburn scored a run at the bottom of the first on a Cole Foster double. So uh, so they are they're ahead one nothing and batting in the bottom of the second. I was just uh, I was going I was going to look and see um let's see on on the Saturday game see if I could see the TV or anything like that on that I I've, I've got the no before you go there I was looking for the uh the release actually about the full series so I could see if it is scheduled um for for something other than SEC plus so let's see. And no, it just it's just showing that it's senior day it doesn't say anything about the TV. I don't think any of the games have. So if it's not, then it should be able to be moved, moved up. And uh because as you were saying, it looks like rain mid to late afternoon, maybe late afternoon tomorrow. Right. It seemed seemed like uh uh Four thirty, five o'clock or so is when uh, weather could be more of a concern. Which, which I mean, they they still got time to do a nine inning baseball game, but with a two o'clock start time, may maybe they'd want to uh, um, maybe they'd want to push a little bit. Uh, SEC Network Plus is where you okay. can watch uh, both uh, the, the game going on yeah, right so now. So they should and, and be they game. should be able to move that up then if, if they feel like they need to. Uh, let's see, softball. Auburn gets out of the top of the third, uh, an unearned run against Matty Penta. So uh, the Tigers now batting bottom three, leading at six to two. Meanwhile, uh, Auburn goes. Uh, There's a hope, the hope is Tommy Vale tomorrow, right? Yeah, because of the stomach bug. Yeah, right. Uh, and and I mean, right now Connor Copeland has gone two and a third, struck out four, as Missouri batting in the uh, in the top of the third. You know, we were, we were the, game notes uh, mentioned, Bill. We, we we debated this a little bit earlier. First five game SEC win streak by Auburn since 2011. Oh wow! So I didn't realize it had 12, been that long. Twelve years since Auburn, and that was five. It's, it's six now. It's now six. You know, you wonder how far back you go uh, to to get to six or seven. Uh, it's the uh, uh, the. Let me see. It, it's how far do they go with best twelve game stretch uh, since uh, since 2018 
for Auburn, and they and are it's the, now thirteen. It's now ten and three in their last thirteen, and and the only team in the league uh, to have won uh, four of the last uh, the two win uh, four straight. SC and you know, Auburn split the first two there, so Auburn has now won nine of its last eleven conference games. So that that's really impressive and leading here one nothing in the uh, top of the third. Um, yeah, we were talking about. I mean, how important it is the weather. You know, everybody wants to get all these games in because you've got so many teams that are so close and seeding is so important for the SEC tournament right now. Uh, going, I mean, and I believe this is this is pretty live because it shows um, Auburn, yeah, fifteen and thirteen. So uh, as as of seven minutes till six, you've got Arkansas twenty and eight. Florida nineteen and nine, LSU eighteen and nine, and then Vandy seventeen and eleven. Vandy's Vandy's not going to finish at the top, uh, but those are going to be your top four teams because well I don't know South Carolina's fifteen and eleven. Bill narrate this highlight for our listeners of uh, of softball as uh, Bree Ellis is at the bat in a two one. Oh, that's a bomb! It that looks is, like that is a bases yeah, loaded. That is a no doubter. The left fielder just casually turned and watched it sail. So that's, what is that? Three nothing. That is a grand slam. Ooh. With Auburn up 2-1 to make it 8. Oh, that's how they got to 6. 6-1 six, okay. softball. Yeah, that was game. a bomb. And Auburn taking the uh, big lead early against Cal State Fullerton up in Clemson. Yeah, so uh, things are things are going pretty well uh, on the diamond. Still a lot more. I mean, this is it, obviously, for, for Auburn softball. Looks like they're going to get an opportunity to take on Clemson tomorrow. Winner there is in great shape. You win in the... Winner's bracket game when everybody else has a loss and it's elimination for anybody else. That's the critical one. They need to hang on and win here, then win the, uh, the, the winner's matchup tomorrow against Clemson. Meanwhile, Auburn baseball continuing that, that hot that, streak. This is, this is, uh, it's been great to watch here for the last month. That Briella's home run hit the light pole. Bill, that, wow. thing, that thing goes off the light pole and and deflects like the and, natural huh? and hits yeah and hits uh, hits somebody's unlucky uh, unlucky parking job uh, out there off the uh, off the post. But now Bree Ellis making it a six one game. So yeah, some high stakes baseball and softball this weekend uh, for Auburn. We're in the postseason in softball and we're finishing up the regular season in baseball. And uh, Brian Matthews will be on with us on. Monday to recap the weekend. We'll see if there's any more action from the uh, transfer portal as well in football or basketball. Know that Auburn, according to Hugh Freeze, has another visitor coming in over the weekend in football.